I believe that in order to be a good father, you have to plan. You have to work your plan. It doesn't just happen. I'll tell you what does just happen all by itself is fatherlessness. 80% single parent homes in the United States being led by single moms. Where's the dad? Well, have your Bible open, please, at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. A very familiar story. We know it as the prodigal son. I got some uh, quotes for you from dads. There's a lot of great quotes from, made by dads down through the years, but I've got three of them for you I want to share with you this morning. One of the great quotes that a father um, has said, never make big decisions late at night. Now that's good advice, isn't it? That's good advice. Never make big decisions late at night. You'll always make the wrong decision. Wait till the morning. So never make big decisions. Quote number two, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. That's why they put erasers on pencils. It's okay to make mistakes. I like that quote. And the third quote, and I found this very interesting. If you ever get arrested, you're safer in jail than when I get my hands on you. <laughs> I thought that was, that was cute. This past week, though, I, in doing some research, I did come across a news article about fathers in the United States. Um, often Canada follows the direction of the United States. And so this may say something about fathers in Canada. I'm not sure if it does or not. But listen to the, the, the news article. This, I'm going to read it for you. Data from the United States Census Bureau shows that nearly 18.5 million children grow up without their fathers, which has in return led to the United States owning the title of the world's leader in fatherlessness. The article says, there is little doubt that America is experiencing an unprecedented fatherless crisis. Approximately 80% of single-parent homes are led by single mothers. 85% of children and teens with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. And over 70% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without fathers. Very sad article. It was just published this past week. It's not an old article by any stretch. News articles like these help us to understand the importance of having both a mother and a father in a home. Fatherhood, I believe, is a wonderful thing. And there ought to be a special bond 
between a father and his children. So today, we're going to look at this subject, what makes a good father? And hopefully we can all learn something together that'll make our homes better. First, let's pray. And now, once again, our Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you and we ask for your mercy and grace to take in the Word of God. And please, Father, let the Scriptures today teach our hearts and show us how we can be better, better fathers, maybe better mothers too, certainly better children. Help us to be better for your glory, for your honor. Speak to every heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I think you would agree that there is no finer father than God, the Heavenly Father. At least I hope you would agree with that because he's perfect. He makes no mistakes. We at times accuse him of not loving, not caring, not knowing, not understanding, being too busy elsewhere. But all that's wrong. God knows everything there is to know about us, even the very number of hairs on our head. Everything. Nothing escapes Him. Now here on earth, there are no perfect fathers. I think we've all come to that knowledge. We realize that. However, there are good fathers. We'll never be perfect, Dad, but we can be good at our job at being a father. Now the father in the story here was a good father. He wasn't perfect, but he was a good father. People have noticed that there's no mention of a mother in this story. Where's the mother? We don't know. Possibly she was there in the background. Possibly she had passed away. We don't know. But we have the story here of the father and it's to illustrate for us the heavenly father and the repentant child. The story begins in verse 11. A certain man had two sons. The younger said, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. So he wanted his inheritance early. And so whether you agree or disagree with what the father did, he gave his boy the inheritance early. How he did it and what it all meant, I'm not sure. But it was quite a whack of cash. And the boy took the money, took off to Sin City. And he blew that money as fast as he could on wine, women, and song. He had friends galore as long as he had money. Then he ran out of money and his friends were no more. And then there came a, a great famine, a dearth. And people began to be in want and need and work was a bit scarce, but this young man, now penniless, found a job feeding pigs on a farm. That's not so good for a Jewish boy. And so he became very hungry, and he's looking at all of the swill that the pigs eat, and it started looking good to him. And finally, and we don't know how long it took. But finally, the young man came to his senses. And it's like he shook himself and said, What is wrong with me? 
even the hired servants at home eat better than I do. So he made this decision. He said, I will arise and go to my father. Verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. What an amazing story we have here. I believe that in order to be a good father, you have to plan. You have to work your plan. It doesn't just happen. I'll tell you what does just happen all by itself is fatherlessness. 80% single parent homes in the United States being led by single moms. Where's the dad? The absentee dad is a big problem. It's always been a big problem. I got a couple of points I'd like to share with you today from this story of the prodigal son and the faithful father. Point number one is a good father loves his family. A good father loves his family. Look at verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That boy had changed. He had changed. His physical appearance had changed. His clothing had changed. And his father saw him coming from a great distance off. How did he know that was his son? Experts tell us that the way we walk is like a fingerprint. Everyone walks just a wee bit different. And the way one man walks is a little different than the way another man walks. And the loving father knows how his son or daughter walks. How they carry themselves down the street. And that may be how the father recognized, that's my boy. And he knew his boy was coming home. And that was something good. Through good times, through bad times, a a good father never stops loving. You see, a problem that we face today is this conditional acceptance. The story, true story, is told about a father whose son was playing little league Baseball. They called it peewee baseball. It was just a little boy. All these little boys are you know, trying to hit the ball, playing baseball. And the parents all standing there, they go, go, yeah, that away, son, that away. And there's this father watching his boy. And uh, his boy was not at bat. His boy was uh, out in the field. And he had this big, you know, oversized glove on, right? And the ball was hit and it was coming straight for this boy and this father cried out catch it son catch the ball catch the ball and the boy he tried but bloop, he missed the ball he hit the ground right away his father cried out you dummy 
little boy just put his head down, started to cry. If the boy had caught the ball, he would have been the hero. But he missed the ball and now he's the dummy. This father wasn't like that. This father loved his son in the good times and in the bad times too. Boy, that's so important if we could just get a hold of that one truth. There's a story told about a young man who stood before a judge. The judge was going to send him to prison because the young man had broken the law many times and had been caught. The judge knew this young man. He knew the young man since he was a boy because the judge knew the young man's father. And the young man's father was a famous legal scholar who taught and wrote books about the law. And the judge said, Do you remember your father? He said to the young man. The young man said, I remember him well, your honor. The judge said, You're about to be sentenced. And as you think of your wonderful dad, what do you remember most clearly about him? And there was a pause. And the judge got an answer that he wasn't expecting. The young man said, Your Honor, I remember when I went to him for advice. He looked up at me from that book he was writing and said, Run along, boy, I'm too busy. When I went to him for companionship, he turned me away and he said, Run along, son, this book must be finished. Your Honor, you remember him as a great lawyer, but I remember him as a lost friend. And the judge said to himself, Alas, he finished the book, but he lost his son. Boy, that's sad, isn't it? That's an old story, but it's repeated over and over down through the years. Dads that are just too busy to take the time for their children. And I know there's no perfect kids. I know that. And I know that oftentimes children grow up and go astray. They make bad decisions. But a good father keeps loving them. Oh, there needs to be reconciliation like there was in this story. But a good father keeps loving them. A Spanish story about a father and a son whom he had named Juan. And Juan was a very common name, very popular name. And as the boy grew up, they got into fights, he and his dad. When the boy became a teenager, they had a big fight. And... Juan ran away and his father set off to find him and he searched for weeks and he could not find his son. And finally, in a last desperate effort, the father put an advertisement in a newspaper in Madrid and the advertisement read like this, Dear Juan, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. Saturday came, 
and a dozen teenage boys, all named Juan, showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their fathers. Whew. A good father loves his family. Dad, never stop showing your love. Dad, when was the last time your children heard you say the words, I love you. Son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. When was the last time you hugged them? When was the last time you took them in your arms as a father should? When was the last time you got them little treats for no reason at all? When was the last time that you spent time with them? A story that I read about a famous politician took his young son fishing. Both these two, the father and the son, kept diaries. This true story. Later that day, the father, the politician, wrote in his diary, took my son fishing today, the worst day of my life. The boy wrote in his diary, my dad took me fishing today, the best day of my life. If more fathers would just love their children, hmm? a good father loves his family. He cares for them. He prays for them. Point number two, a good father provides for his family. Now, in chapter 15, if you look please at verse 22 and 23, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. A good father gives good gifts to his son and his daughter. A good father will provide food, warm clothes, a good house. A good father will provide for specialized needs of his children, educational needs, books, museum trips, schooling. Recreation is a specialized need. That includes toys, music, and hobbies. And these are just things you might say, well, they're pretty common, pretty basic. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many dads miss these ones. Point three, I want to move along here. A good father guides, guides, he's like a guide to his family. Now the story goes on in verse 25. Because this young prodigal had an older brother. Verse 25, Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, that's the older brother, and he was angry, and would not go in. 
Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that's the goat, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Those are the prostitutes. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he, that's the father, said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry. So he's saying it's proper that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And so here is a father guiding his family. His older son was struggling and couldn't seem to wrap his mind around what was happening. And his dad came and helped his son to understand. And that's what good fathers do, is they guide their, their children. Someone once said, Thank the Lord for fathers that have given us life, but who also teach us how best to use our lives. It's not enough to father children. The job isn't over. A good father invests himself into his children, his sons and daughters, and helps them to better know how to live their lives. Helps them to be able to make decisions. Oh, guide your children in making good decisions. One day they're going to grow up and move away. Well, where are they going to live? Well, Dad, you need to be teaching and training and helping them with that. And what schools should they go to? Dad, you need to have a hand in that. And I'd like also to recommend you encourage your, your children coming out of high school to spend one year in Bible college. It will ground them in the faith for the rest of their lives. What kind of jobs are they going to have? Dad, you need to help be able to show them how to make good decisions. What, who, and how are they going to date? Dad, that lies on your shoulders to help them. Guide them in spiritual matters. Dad, you need to take the lead when it comes to family devotions. Get the family all together. Read a little bit of Bible. Have some prayer together. Maybe sing a, a, a hymn or a song together. Family devotions. You need to do that every day. And dad, you need to take the lead in faithful church attendance. One huge mistake that a lot of parents, and I'm not saying anyone here, but one huge mistake a lot of parents make. Christian parents. Come Sunday night, they look at their children. They say, well, should we go to church tonight or not? Huge mistake. Good Dads 
never send their kids to church. Good dads bring their kids to church. I want to encourage you to be here tonight. Take the lead. You reap what you sow. You sow good seed. You'll reap a good harvest. I hope we all realize that when we have children, usually we have those children for the rest of our lives. I know it happens. A child will die. I understand that. But usually, you'll have the children for the rest of your life. It's a lifelong investment, isn't it? It makes sense to sow good seed into the hearts of our loved ones, our families. We need to move on. Point number four, if you're writing notes, a good father will protect his family. Now, there's no mention of this protection here in Luke chapter 15, but I have no doubt in my mind that if this father was a loving father and a providing father and a guiding father, no doubt, he was a protecting father as well. There's more to protecting your family than just putting a lock on the door. The old devil is going to try and get at your kids. He will get at your kids any way he possibly can. And a good and wise father will not only invest in home security, protect from intruders, but a wise and loving godly father will help protect his children from harmful influences. Can you think of any harmful influences, Dad? Can you think of one? What might a harmful influence today be? Friends, some bad friends. What else? Videos, yeah. There's some bad videos out there. Yeah, the list goes on, doesn't it? It used to be bad magazines. Now all that stuff's on the internet. The worst thing you can do, Dad, is say, here, my boy, here's a computer and internet hookup. I'm putting it in your bedroom. And there you go. Close the door and have fun. You may as well put a loaded gun in his hand. A wise and loving and godly dad is going to help protect his kids from harmful influences. Well, they got to grow up sometime. Yeah, they'll grow up whether you like it or not. But listen, when they're small, don't expose them to harmful things. When they're older, they'll be able to handle it. But it's the ones that get exposed to harmful things as youngsters that grow up delinquent and very troubled. A godly, loving father will protect his children from bad TV and bad internet and bad music and bad friends. Not every friend is a good friend. Quickly, the last point is... Good fathers, why don't we just say the best fathers? The best fathers will pray fervently every day for their families. Your kids will never, ever outgrow the need for your prayers. Don't ever 
give up on praying for your kids. If you don't see the necessity, the power, the influence your prayers can have, you're missing out. Dad, you've got incredible power in your prayer life for your kids. It may take more than a day to get your prayer answered. But God will answer the prayers of a loving father, a godly father. Boy, let me tell you. There was a Christian author by the name of Dennis Rainey. And he wrote different books. And he, he, he said something very interesting. I want to tell you what he said. He said, years ago at a Christian conference on a Saturday in Little Rock, Arkansas, down in the States, he wrote, I remember one man coming up to me at the end of the conference and he grabbed me by the hand and blurted out, I became a father this weekend. And... I was confused and I asked him about his wife having given birth while he's at the conference. And he says, oh no, he said, she didn't have a baby. We already have three children. You see, I fathered three children, but I wasn't being a father to my children. And this weekend I decided I was going to become a real father. Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me for prayer? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.